0: Blog
1: Talk Radio. Anything you folks want to know about the fascinating world of pro hockey? Here we go.
0: You've just landed in the Sin Bin with your hosts. Paul Rogers. You went to Princeton and
2: we're all Eastern, weren't you, Ned? That's what it said in the yearbook, Jim. Uh-huh. And Otto
0: Rogers. <laughs> you I want <laughs> a life. See ya. Oh, yeah. All right, let's show them what we got, guys. Okay. All right, get out there in the ice and let them know you're there. My uh-huh. bad.
2: All right, everyone. Welcome to tonight's edition of the Sales Admin Podcast. I'm your host, Paul Rogers, and I am waiting for my co-host to arrive. <clears throat> and it looks like he just dialed in and get uh, connected. Otto, are you are you with me, my man?
0: I am with you. All right. I am.
2: Um, and all right. And so we've got a good show for you guys tonight. It might be a shorter show than normal. Uh, we'll sk- kind of see how it goes, but um, in about 10 minutes, we've got Jubilee Lee uh, calling in, and he is our beat writer for the Everett Silver Tips, and he's going to let us know how things are going for that team this year, um, and until then, Otto and I are just going to kind of chat, um, and so Otto, uh, we we met in person for the first time Saturday night, and man, yeah. did we choose a good game to introduce ourselves at that that game between the uh Winterhawks and the Thunderbirds was amazing. What did you think of it?
0: No, I mean what can you say? It was uh the T Birds had to come back they had to come back um three different times you know twice they had they were down two goals and then you know they tied it then only to have Portland come back, score two more goals, tie it again and then go down again, tie it again and then um lose, right? We thought we had lost.
2: Yeah. Or, yeah, we it was over. So
0: over <laughs> yeah. And then and then one with uh eight tenths of a second lap. I mean it was uh it was amazing and watching the video uh watching the highlight of kind of the last like you know the last couple seconds of that shot, uh the T bird Scott Scott Enzer, he had Three winterhawks surrounding him, and somehow you'll still able to get that rebound and you know and slap it into uh past aiden hill but uh what a what an intense crazy game, a lot of hard hits you know uh near fights that you know might have broken out, and uh you know it was just yeah. i mean it felt good to kind of have that, you know, that 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 rival you know
2: yeah, and you know i you know, so we talked briefly before the game, and then you and I and um, uh, Lorenzo and John Barr got together out in the concourse um, after the first period. And we were talking, and we were just all kind of a little little bit irritated uh, because the, the Thunderbirds were, were playing like garbage in that first quarter. A lot of missed open shots. And it yeah. seemed like uh, P- Portland uh was just squeezing I mean Portland was just very efficient with their shots. Uh we we basically Seattle basically doubled them shots wise, did they not? Um and, yeah, and so, it
0: was, yeah, go ahead. No, the the you know the game was really frustrating because I felt you know all three periods that uh Seattle controlled the tempo, they controlled the flow and, and basically they controlled the offense and, and you see that in the number of shots. They had, I want to say they had like 57 shots uh, on, on net. So that means Seattle had control our puck pretty much the entire game. So it was difficult to see when we had some defensive breakdowns. The Tigers had some defensive breakdown to kind of like give up a couple goals when, you know, our goal really wasn't being tested like pretty much the entire night except for maybe the final, the, you know, the overtime period and the third period. But um, it, it it was frustrating to see all those. Open, you know missed shots and open you know and, and uh just uh yeah. aggravating to see all those chances
2: <laughs> yeah and you know um it did seem like there were most of the goals from portland came on defensive break breakdowns i think you're right on that um but what ha- what happened in the second period was seattle came back and and i i want to say they tied it up about midway through the period and yeah. And then things were going fine, and it, it looked like Seattle was going to grab momentum, and then they had two big mental lapses, like within a minute of each other, and they ended the period down two goals again. I thought, there's no way they're going to come back and win this. But I got uh, Flodell, the, the goalie Flodell. Um, is, is he typically considered to be a good goalie, what, um, or was he just having an off night, or, or was it truly just I... um, defensive laps in front of him?
0: I think I, I you know I th- I think um, <clears throat> you to ask people about Flodell's play this this year. I think I think people thought maybe we would have seen a little bit more from Logan uh, this year. I think that was kind of one of the reasons why we grabbed uh, the Tvers went out and grabbed Landon Bow uh, because they want to kind of have you know a goalie with some veteran presence and you know someone that has you know playoff spirits things like that. And If you look at both numbers, he's one of the top, you know, six or seven or eight goalies in you know in the WHL. If you look at his you know his save percentage and his uh, goal, goals allowed, it's actually pretty high. His record doesn't really reflect that, but because that was because he was playing with a really, you know, a, not that great of a team. So, um, you know, he he's won his first couple of weeks with the T-Birds. Um he you know he he I think he shut out Portland one game. I think he beat Everett once, you know like a 2-1. Um so Bo obviously has tap, but the, the problem is he's hurt right now. So uh, yeah. you know hopefully he can get back and and you know um and we can kind of get the you know the whole starting lineup, but um yeah, Logan you know wasn't his best game. Uh, that's for sure.
2: Yeah. Um and you know I thought um, if if you're gonna pick an MVP for the game, um, for Seattle, I thought it was one of the Winterhawks. Honestly, uh, what's his name? I want to say it's Hoffman or something like that. What one
0: of the um, one of the what?
2: one of the Winterhawks? And uh, I I can't remember his exact name, but I okay. I, I want to say he had um, he was responsible for three power plays that Seattle had. Uh,
0: yeah, yeah. I don't I don't know and, who that was. And I
2: want to say no. this. Yeah, I want to say they scored on a couple of those. Um, and I so
0: – Seattle got three – yeah, Seattle got three power play goals. So, yeah. um, I, I, saw, I saw a lot of Winterhawk fans, and you know, complaining about the rest and how they were giving to Seattle. But if – I mean, and this is not just – you know, this is not just hockey, but, you know, if you have a team that's completely controlling the game in regards to the tempo and the flow, it's going to yeah. make sense that they're going to have more calls – Go for them. I mean, Seattle continuously had control of that puck, um, pretty much a large portion of the night. So it's going to yeah. make sense that they will have more of the favorable calls. Um, you know, more calls go for them, go against yeah. them. But yeah, Seattle had three, three power play goals. You know, Aiden Hill. Here's the thing. Here's the thing about that game. That game was six five, but really, I mean, Aiden Hill. Like, if our if some of our pucks would have hit net instead of like sail by, like. I kind of like six or seven that just sailed overhead or wide. Yeah. It's not like he would have faced like 70 shots on goal. And really, if it wasn't for Hill, like Hill made some crazy saves. Um, one, one save I remember in particular was in the third period with, with about three minutes left, it was a tie game. Uh, Barzell had him one on, kind of one-on-one a little bit. And Hill didn't even have his glove, and he made a save on Barzell. I mean, it was absolutely insane. I mean, the, the Portland yeah. Portland's defense did not do uh, Aiden Hill uh, any favors that night, you know, and any other goalie will yeah. probably have given up eight or nine goals. Yeah. All right. So,
2: obviously, the most controversial call, Otto, was the one in overtime where uh, Portland scored. Uh, it looked like, you know, I, I had trouble seeing exactly what happened, uh, but he, uh, the Portland guy scored, and kind of in that same sequence, uh, him and the goalie go crashing into the net. So it's hard to know right. when the, the the goal crossed the plane and when the net was moved. Um, and what did you think of that call? Did, did, because one of the things, I mean, obviously Portland fans were just furious with it. Um, right. But the and, call, I mean,
0: the call, uh, the, call was, <clears throat> the the goal was waved off because they said the Portland player used his hand – as to kind of swipe the uh, the puck into the net. Okay, so he's and, and right. right, and so this happened after um, after the net had kind of you know gone off the um, what do you call it? The net went off the foundation, right? So right, um, I had a pretty you know where I sat, you know, at row 103, we We're I'm basically level with where where with where the goalie of the net is right and i'm four four, mm-hmm. four rows up so i had a clear view and i saw right away i was like that's not a goal and as soon as they were like kind of pointing at it you know they were like you know they're pointing that was a goal and all the portland winterhawks came out and they're just celebrating i was like i'm like look at the screen look at the, you know take a look at review this that was not a goal and you know to this day i still think that was not a goal i know people want to freak out and stuff and and yeah. you know uh you know blaming on the refs or whatever but you know i mean look at it this way you yeah. you have two, two you know two um you know twice in the game you have a two goal lead and you you let that you know go away so if if you're going to leave it up to like a bang bang play like that and you're going to be upset about the whole the whole situation the whole game because of a bang bang play like that i mean just look at how your defense performed you know the rest you know the rest of the game <laughs> um, so Otto,
2: uh, Jubilee just called in. And we're going to go to him in just a second. But before we do, okay. um, I, I I went to the WHL Trash Talk Facebook page, and okay. I just wanted to read you some of the trash talk going on between the Thunderbird okay. and Winterhawk fans after that game. Okay. But I can't do it because I can't do it because it's a family show. <laughs> <laughs>
0: yeah.
2: So I I wanted to read it, but I can't. So we might as well just talk to Jubilee. Uh
0: there you go. And
2: so we <laughs> yeah, we're here with uh uh we're gonna go to Jubilee Lee, who joins us now on the on the show. And Jubilee was not at that game, he was actually working for us at the Silver Tips game on Saturday night. But uh uh Jubilee you missed a, a whale of a game uh in showware on Saturday night. How was your game? Uh I wish you know, was it that
1: exciting as your guys' experience? Uh, unfortunately, Everett dropped the game three-zero to Victoria, who's almost, you know, just as a similar team as Everett. They um, right now are second in giving and allowing goal and goals, right behind Everett. And mm-hmm. but the thing is, they score you know a lot more goals than Everett does. But uh, it, it was a great effort by Everett. And it was a totally different game than the last time the two met. Um, they met a week before, and the game was 6-4, to four, and Everett dropped that one.
2: Right, right. So, Jubilee, I, I, I was actually at the, the Seattle game, and it was my first experience uh, at showware And it was my first Winterhawks-Thunderbirds uh, game in, like, 30 years or close to that. Um, and I was just really enjoying the rivalry. I was enjoying – uh, how the fans taunted the Winterhawk players. I was enjoying the the Winterhawk fans sparse throughout the crowd uh, talking trash when they would score a goal. Um, and so as big of a rivalry as it is between Seattle and, um, and Portland, uh, who's that rival for Everett? Who do you guys really, uh, really get up for? I mean, probably
1: right now, since they're really close in the standings, definitely <clears throat> Seattle. Um, Uh I went down to a game down at the Showwear Center earlier this year, and, uh, you know, the chant when they come out on the ice, you know how they do Portland sucks. Well, for Everett, it's the same Uh thing, you know, Everett sucks. So, you know, they get it too. And I think it's – right now I think those two are probably, you know, a pretty good rivalry because just, you know, so close in the standings. And then I think um, because of the – you know, the last game, uh, there was a lot of tension already from the get-go because Remy Lorenzell just came back from the suspension. And, you know, right mm-hmm. away, um, when the players were exiting after warm-ups, I'm trying to remember who it was. It was a Seattle player came over and kind of said some words to the Everett players. So,
2: uh, the tensions right. were already high. Right. All right. So, uh, Otto, do you have questions here for Jubilee?
0: Yeah, I do. So, um, I saw that, um, you know, I think it was maybe a week, week and a half ago, uh, uh, Dawson Lidl was injured. Um, He's going to be out four to six weeks, right?
1: Yeah, he uh, injured his hand blocking a shot in that Seattle game, actually. So, I mean, that's a huge blow for Everett because, you know, that's their captain. He leads the team in penalty minutes, and he's probably one of the best fighters, and he – you know, his presence <laughs> on the team is is, you know, it can't be replaced.
0: Right. So, um how you know, how's that who's gonna have to step up to kind of take over that role a little bit? Kind of the, the veteran leadership or, you know, being the captain or kind of being that tough guy. Who's who's gonna be the the key player to kind of help uh fill that role while Dawson's out?
1: Um I think it's gonna be a you know, maybe a mix of players. Uh, definitely Remy's up there. Um, he can definitely hold his own and he can score. Um, guy like Noah Juleson, you know, he, he has a big presence. He lays big hits. He's, you know, tough as nails. And then maybe a guy like Stadnick's going to have to step up his game. Uh, he has gotten a lot feistier recently. So (laughs) I think, (laughs) I think, you know, those, those three guys, definitely, especially, um, Lauren Seltz-Stadnick being the two overagers,
0: right? Um, I just um, I just noticed that uh, you know it's it, it's getting really really competitive in the U.S. division. Oh, like yeah. We're all kind of playing each other. We're we're all kind of like giving games to each other. Um, I saw I saw the tips that they've lost like three of the last four. I know they beat Spokane um, either in overtime or right before overtime. Um, what what has gone on in the last? kind of three or four games for the tips? you think it's just like a little rough patch, or is there anything troubling that you saw, a trend that, you know, maybe is a little concerning or not?
1: Um, they're kind of struggling to get goals. And then when they do get goals, they, like, almost blow the lead. So, like, the, um, the Sunday game against Spokane, they were leading that. But Spokane almost came back towards the end of the game when they pulled the um, – they pulled the goalie, and they were able right. to get a late goal, and then they almost actually—I think—they were able to almost get another one. So it's been like really close. And then a couple games before that, when they played Kamloops, it was almost the same situation. They were up four to one on them,
0: and right. Kamloops
1: literally scored two goals within like thirty seconds.
0: Do you, do you think that's going to—that's a—that's just—that's going to be a concern going forward, or you have a kind of lack of goal scoring, or? Do you think um, they'll be able to kind of shore that up and, and, you know, it won't be as big of a problem as we head towards the playoffs?
1: Um, it, It is a little bit of a concern, but as long as I think Hart stays, you know, like Hart and the defense plays well, they should be fine. I mean, they're the type of team where they only need one or two goals and, if they can right. play stick to their game plan they should be good.
0: Right. Is there is there any concern about uh the amount of minutes uh hard is playing or is that not really a concern? Um from the buzz I
1: get around from talking to people uh doesn't seem like it cuz uh what was it the oh five oh six season um Leland right. Irving actually played almost the same amount. I mean, he played nearly every single game. So, um part I don't I don't think it's a concern right now if it's if his um goals against average started going up a lot then I'd say it's a big concern but right now he's actually second in the league for goals against average so I think he's doing fine
0: good deal good deal um you had mentioned um uh, and um you had mentioned that you had talked to the coach after the victoria game um you know can you share how how that how that went and how you know what what
1: that process was like. Uh he definitely wasn't happy. Um the you know, I probably say this all the time, the officiating's bad, but it really was bad that game. There was <laughs> yeah. one you know, down down in one corner, uh I think I'm trying to remember the player, but one player from Everett kinda got boarded and then right. literally ten seconds later they go down the other end and Fontaine, you know, puts a guy on the board, and they call him for a penalty. So there's just stuff like that going on all night, and then, you know, kind of phantom trips.
0: Right.
1: So uh, I I could see the frustration the coach had. I mean, Everett honestly played a good game, but it's just, you know, Victoria, you can't give them, you know, chances on the power play. And um, Griffin outhouse is actually starting to become a really great goaltender.
0: Yeah, I saw I saw like um he hasn't really played as many games, uh, because they have I guess he's like their not their starter. Um but I saw like just from the games he's played, I think he's played like twelve or thirteen games. He has like the highest goals allowed percentage and the highest save uh, percentage. So it's interesting to me that a team like uh Victoria has, you know, two of the top like five or six, you know, goalies in the <laughs> WHL.
1: Actually, right now they have the number one and three, Cart, uh, Carter Hart's God. number two. Oh, so right now, um, yeah, Outhouse actually, now he's qualified to be in the rankings. He's played 22 games now. So yeah. he's number one in the league with uh, 1.82 goals against average. Oh, my
0: gosh. You know, it's so, so, yeah, it's but, so, <laughs> it's, it's so interesting that, you know, um, you know how, how tough Victoria is you know, and how they play, they'll play all the other different teams, but then, you know, out of all the teams, right, in, in the West, West Western Division of the WHL, Seattle swept Victoria, which is, which is my ballgame <laughs> to me, because, like, outside of Seattle, I think Victoria only has, like, let me let me check real quick, outside of Seattle, Victoria only has, um, how many losses have they had outside of Seattle? Let me
1: 16 check 16, or? They have some yeah, total losses. losses. Yeah, they
0: have I think they played Seattle four times already. They've had you know, there would be twelve losses to the to everyone else. Which yeah, which that's, is amazing. That's insane. I I think Seattle would love to play Victoria <laughs> in the in the in the first round. But my understanding with the playoffs, um, is that it's it's based on your division. Right? So is is that how is that your understanding, Jubilee, that like uh like Everett would play like Portland and Seattle would play like Spokane or something like that? So how it works that first
1: I th- round? I think what was it was it last year that they switched to like the NHL style of the um, the NHL style of the standings. So right. it's it's all the Western Conference.
0: But, oh, it's all the Western.
1: Or, yeah, it's all the Western Conference, and then I think it's the top three of each division make it in, and then the okay. rest of the teams fight for the last two spots.
0: Oh, uh, Okay. Yeah, I mean I would, I would love to play the B C division first for some reason. Uh as a Seattle Thunderbird fan, by the way. Uh for some reason like we just like we I didn't just know like, that. you know, it doesn't matter. Americans, Chiefs, like it doesn't matter who we play, it's just it's just all it's just never an easy game, you know? So <laughs> Um that's, it's, you know it's what definitely gonna question. be a tough race. Yeah, definitely. I mean it's it's we're we're so we're so close together. I mean, between Everett and try to see the Americans, and the Americans are just outside of the playoffs, the wild card standing. They're separated by 13 points. And so, you know, even the Americans, if they can get hot, they can come up and catch Kamloops, or they can catch Portland. Or, hell, they might even catch the T-Birds. So um, it's going to be really interesting uh, to see how kind of this ends up as we go down the stretch.
1: It, it definitely is. I mean, I I honestly have a feeling it could even end up to you know last couple games of the season.
0: Yeah, exactly. You know, it just it's you know it's a really tough division, so we'll we'll see what happens. But uh, that's all I have for you, Jubilee. I'm gonna uh, toss it back to Paul Rogers, Paul. All
2: right, thanks, Otto. Uh, so, uh, Jubilee, are, are you still enjoying uh, the blogging experience? I know this is the first time you've ever really done it. But you're doing a great job, and I, I'm just curious if you're still enjoying what you're doing and if you're having fun at the games and, and, and how it's going for you.
1: Uh, thanks. I appreciate that. Um, it is tough because being media is definitely different from being a fan. I do miss the fan aspect of, you know, yelling my head off and, you know, screaming at the refs. So I can't do that in the press box. But it right. is an experience I am enjoying very much. Um interviewing the players is it's just really cool getting an experience just talk to you know some future nhl stars you know so it's definitely an awesome
2: experience yeah okay uh well that that's all we had for you tonight jubilee i want to thank you for coming on and uh i know we'll have you on again before the season is over um and uh you're going to have uh you've submitted a notebook um Uh, I think you submitted it yesterday. That's going to go up either tonight or tomorrow morning sometime. Uh, But thanks for everything you do, and we'll talk to you later. Awesome. Thanks for having me on, guys. Thanks, Uh, Jubilee. That was Jubilee Lee. He is our beat writer for the Everett Silver Tips, and we're going to take a quick break, and Otto and I are going to come back, and we we might talk about the game a little bit more, but uh, I have a feeling we're, we've got some arena discussion to get to as well, and so uh, to, don't go, don't go away. We'll be right back.
0: The Paris State Bulldogs beat the University of Michigan Wolverines.
2: Oh. The
1: Paris State University Bulldogs defeat the Michigan State University Spartans four
0: to one, and the Bulldogs win eight to one over the Ohio State Bulldogs.
1: Fair State hockey season tickets are on sale now. Reserve your spot for all 19 home games. Includes two games each versus Michigan, Michigan State, Ohio State, and Notre Dame. $175 for adults, $80 for students. Contact the ticket office at 591-2888 or log on to fairstatebulldogs.com. salutes the 1980 USA gold medal hockey team here in their new Volkswagen Vanagon, the greatest hockey team in the world. Get your free team photo and see the full line of Volkswagens at your local Volkswagen dealers. Anything you folks want to know about the fascinating world of pro hockey, here we go.
0: You've just landed in the Sin Bin with your hosts, Paul Rogers. Hey, you went to Princeton and we're all Eastern, weren't you, Ned?
2: That's what it said in the yearbook, Jim. Uh-huh. And Otto Rogers.
0: I <laughs> want a life. See ya. Yeah. All right, let's show them what we got, guys. Okay. All right. yeah. Get out there on the ice and let 'em know you're there. <laughs> <laughs>
2: All right, uh, welcome back to the Seattle Sin Bin. I am the aforementioned Paul Rogers, and I am with the aforementioned Otto Rogers. And, Otto, before we get to the uh, arena stuff, yes, uh, there's some stuff to talk about this week. Um, Jubilee mentioned the uh, the Portland Sucks chant, and, of course, uh, I, I didn't know they do Everett Sucks, Everett Sucks too. Do they do that at, at, for all the opponents?
0: They, here's, here's the thing. I know some people – I've seen some people get really – no offended or really worked up about that, this is like been a tradition for the last thirty years. It's kind of it's just kind of what Seattle does um mm-hmm. uh, they do do it for all all the teams uh, but I will admit if it's one of those teams that we don't see very often, so like if it's like a like a left bridge or something um they will sometimes mm-hmm. substitute Portland sucks instead of Lester sucks. <laughs> So well, I'll you know, tell you, I, like,
2: I mentioned this in yeah, I mentioned this in my article uh, about the game on Monday. But I, I loved the Portland Sucks chant. Um, yeah, it's, great, I, love right? I, mean, it's I yeah, I love it's, it's, the uh, the Seahawks Forty ers rivalry, especially when the Forty ers are good. Uh, it's fun, yeah. you
0: know. I, I just
2: love it. And yeah, I mean,
0: uh, it's, I, I just, it's So I think I think if you haven't heard the chant before, you might think it's a little malicious. But it's just—it's just like a traditional chant, you know. It, I don't—I don't think people have really any malicious intent about wanting, you know, I don't know, wanting ill har, you know, harm to come to Portland or its fans. But you know, it's just—it's just fun, you know. When when Scotty Enzo, when he scored that goal, and then they had that song, and you know, and then you had the Portland sucks chant. I mean, it was loud, man. <laughs> it yeah. was loud when that Portland it, sucks chant was going yeah. on, you know. And like your article, you and your your article is great, oh, and you know it's it's exactly it kind of whether you're a basketball fan or whether if you're like any kind of sports fan that that feeling of kind of missing that that rivalry game in the wintertime that we used to have you know with the blazers with the Lakers, you know that I think going forward we will, we would have again with an NHL team with the Canucks, or whatnot or, you know, if we if we get socks back, you know, with, with the trade again, it's it's like you said, it's yeah. it's we miss that, you know? So um we, we lose that we lose all side side of that in the fact that we're just dealing with all this arena stuff, but then we have a game like you know, we have a game like we had on Saturday and you're just like, this is what we want it back for, right? This is why we love professionals right? and not the professional not just sports in general, but just this is what we're missing in in the city is just having that kind of winner sport where we can have those rivals and, and it just kind of binds everyone together. so you know? so
2: yeah, and you know, hockey fans, uh, I, I think we've got it a little bit easier in this re- regard than the basketball fans. We've got the yeah. the WHL to tie us over, and you know, mm-hmm. we've got, and it, it's a really good brand of hockey. And yeah. you know, so we've got we've got that to tide us over until we get the NHL. Basketball fans basically have the Huskies, and it's yeah. you know they're having a good year. But it you know uh, if they're not having a good year, it's <laughs> yeah. you know it's not nearly as fun. And so for us, you know, we've kind of got an advantage in that we've got the WHL, uh, we've got the yeah. Husky hockey team, and all and all that kind of stuff. So, um, you know, me being me being both, and you're and you're both. Basketball fan and hockey fan too. Uh, right. there, there's not that outlet for basketball fans, except for the Huskies. Um, and right. then of course, and you're not half fan, of Seattle, half of Seattle, not even Husky fans. So it's, it's right. not the same.
0: Well, if you're not a Husky um, fan, I was going to
2: ask you about you, one other chat. Go ahead.
0: I was, yeah, no. What like, you saying, you know, with, with WHL, we got like we had a team in kind of every like region, right? So if you're in Eastern Washington, you're not, you know. You might not be a you know Husky basketball fan, but you're you're, you're probably going to be a if you're a hockey fan, you're probably going to be a Chiefs fan, or you're probably going to be you know American fan, or if you're you know like in Vancouver, Washington, you're, you know you're not going to be a Husky fan, but you're probably going to be, you know you're going to be a you know Winterhawks fan. So it's like you know there, we we have a lot of like WHL teams, and that level of play, I would liken it to like kind of a college level of play where it's it's not. You know, people hear minor leagues. Well, it's not It's not really minor leagues. I mean, these guys are getting drafted to the NHL. You know, I would equate probably at a higher level than, you know, at least college hockey, higher than a college hockey level. Um, but just kind of like that one step below of what the pros is. So, you know, a great product, not quite NHL, but definitely, a, you know, a great product.
2: Yeah. Um, and so before we get to the arena, there's one other chant I wanted to ask you about that. Okay. And, and I noticed it I noticed it at very, various points throughout the night. Um they would say something like and I can't I'm not even sure which word it sounded it rang with bear and they would say it was like da 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 you suck. What were they saying? Uh, you know, you know you what I
0: yeah, I I do know what you're talking about. For some reason I wanna say it has to do with their goalie because the chant seems to be coming from that uh, the 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 back end where the, where uh, the opponent's goalie is at. I don't know what actually that chant is, um, but uh, I want to say it's towards the goalie, but I'm not sure. I, I, you yeah, know I, I
2: didn't notice. I noticed it on the ends, not in the section we were in or in the middle. Right. It did seem and to be just on the from, end, yeah. so maybe it did have to do with the goalie. Yeah, that
0: makes it, sense. You know what? It, it's sense. not. You know, it didn't happen on the other end either. So. Uh, i i wanna say it has to do with something with the goalie uh, or maybe the rest i'm not sh- I'm, I'm not hundred percent sure <laughs> all
2: right <laughs> all right so on to um you know i'm honestly reluctant to even talk about this but <laughs> <laughs> on to the arena oh. um we have we have the ongoing battle uh to get the arena built in soto uh or tequila or wherever. Uh, But right now, Soto is the focus because of the political process. Um, And so this week, uh, our old buddy Jeff Baker has unleashed a couple of columns and basically going over the facts that, you know, once again, bringing up the Key Arena remodel issue and basically accusing – I mean, did he actually come out and accuse Seattle of concealing it or uh, basically saying – there was almost like there was a cover up um, among Seattle City Council in not revealing this report.
0: Yeah, a while yeah back. he meant. I I want to say he insinuated that there was some form of 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 cover up or something uh, that like maybe they tried to conceal the report. But what? Here's my here's my question. My understanding was, um, and, and this would be the impetus or the reason. To where there would be some legal challenges with the EIS because of this new Kira report. But my understanding was the EIS was commissioned, or this report was commissioned after, after, um, you know, after the EIS was already, you know, was already like on its process being done. You know, I, I don't, I don't know. The so the whole I think they, I think, had, they, I so think they had begun
2: working on it. I think they had begun working on it before the EIS, the EIS was complete. Um, but, you know, what exactly the sequence was, I I don't know. But for me, Otto, it comes down to one simple thing. Who's willing to pay for a key key arena remodel? And the answer right now is nobody. And so until the answer to that question is yes, it's a moot point. And, yeah, Yeah. I'm sure they'll bring it up in the lawsuit. Uh, I mean, they're going to bring up the kitchen sink in the lawsuit. But, you know, when the judge considers the fact that no one is willing to pay for a Key Arena remodel, and when the judge considers the fact that, um, you know, even, okay, let's say, you know, let's just stipulate that they didn't consider that specific uh, ACOM report, Um, but they did consider Key Arena, and they considered traffic flows, and they considered all these different things. You know, the configuration of the building is one part of it, and it's a big part, but two important factors. The traffic there is horrible, and nobody is willing to pay for a key arena remodel. And, you know, we, they can bring up Mt. Phoenix again if they want, but the truth of the matter is Mt. Phoenix was a sham. And the truth of the matter is their website still hasn't been recreated since they took it down because of our stories. And, you know, it's just, it's just a non-starter. And I appreciated Art Teal coming out with a, with an alternative column the other day in which he said, you know, this is, this is a non-starter and, you know, he doesn't say everything that we like. I mean, You know, he doesn't believe the NBA is coming anytime soon. Um, You know, he does believe that there's, you know, we're going to have trouble with lawsuits and these kind of things. But, you know, I was glad to hear um, an alternative news source say that there's, there's just nothing about Key Arena that's ever going to happen. And we need to to get to drop the idea of it.
0: You know, yeah, it's, it's the whole Key Arena report, the whole, Let's look at Key Arena again and City Council. They they want to keep our bringing it back. It just doesn't make any sense because, like you said, who's going to pay for it? No one wants to build there. So why are we focusing on Key Arena when Chris Hansen doesn't want to pay for an arena there? Why why are we really looking at that? You know, at the City Council, are they going to pay for a five hundred million dollar? Arena at 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 Key Arena, you know, I I just it just doesn't well, make any sense. It just and, and the traffic is two hundred eighty-five million, but the, yeah, oh, million, they say two hundred eighty-five million. They say
2: but yeah, but it's the same principle. They're they're not going to pay that.
0: Yeah, and, no one's going to pay for it. But Jeff seems to think
2: that because yeah, Jeff seems to think that because it's a smaller number that Hanson would be willing to to give it a go and not need any public financing or anything. But he's not going to do that.
0: No, he's just no, not going no to do that. Wants, no one wants to be at Key Rita. You have traffic nightmares. If if anyone's ever driven on Mercer and right around that South Lake Union area, it is absolutely ridiculous. You have no parking. You have no no like transit options. I mean, unless you're gonna catch the monorail. I mean it it's absolutely ridiculous that th- that this is gonna be what slows this process down what what makes this process, like, really messy. But you know what? That's my fear is that people are going to use this report that no one wants to pay for, that no one wants to pay for this report, that people are going to use this report as a way to kind of muddy, like like Jason uh, Puckett uh, like said, kind of muddy the water. And that is my biggest fear. And it's so frustrating that we can't separate these two pieces of things, you know, that it, it's going to impact it's going to impact, you know, the Seattle arena process. It's just, it's just so mind boggling and it's crazy, but you know, I wanted to add, I
2: don't think it's going to work. I don't think it's going to work in the end, Uh, but it is going to make the voting process interesting. It is going to make the March 15th meeting interesting. Uh, Not that it needed to be any more interesting. It already is going to be because it's going to be, uh, it's going to be kind of like, the last Republican debate is going to be bloodshed. It's going to be uh, people slamming each other from the podium. Um, the you know, port's going to be coming at us. We're going to be coming at the port. It's going to be ugly. Um, well, you know, here's, and,
0: here's, 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 here's here's what 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 we've heard from Art, right? Both Art and I saw Danny O'Neill and Dave Ross kind of published something on on uh, 710 ESPN. Um, they're both saying. Key Arena is a, is a non-starter. So now you have two media, two local media, one uh, 710 ESPN and the other our Teal's website, Sports Press Northwest, I think. Um, they're both saying Key Arena is a non-starter. And they're also both saying that the NBA is, kinda, is not the... If, if it's going to happen in regards to the construction, it's not going to be the NBA. It's more than likely going to be the NHL. And I understand that point of view, you know, because pretty much the only thing we've heard publicly uh, from the NBA, the only thing we have heard is that you know expansion's not on the table, right? That this is right. like this, this, this is several years away, at the at the very least, it's several years away. Where where we know the NHL they're in the active mode of expansion. So I mean, yeah. to me, it feels like the NHL it would be the closer to acquire the team, but then you have the whole NHL first MOU and how difficult that's going to be. I know we have a, what's her name, Herbold. Um, she, yeah. she, I want to say she said that um, she would not be in favor of, of amending an MOU. I, I, I'm not a hundred percent sure on that. I want to I want to say that if she had to vote, if she had a chance to vote on it, it might not be, you know, she thought it was a bad deal for for the public or what, I'm not I'm not hundred percent sure, but you know, it's it's just complicated, man. It's it's everything every pathway to get a shovel to the ground, it just has problems, right? NBA, we we got the MOU, but we might not have a team. NHL, we ha right. NHL wants to be here, but you know, um we don't have an NHL first MOU and then we might have problems with the city council in regards to if they would even approve that. So it's, uh yeah i i think auto for nhl
2: yeah. first to happen in soto it's going to involve private funding honestly i um or it, it, you mean no you may no, have no to public virtually, yeah, well i i think you're going to this is and i have nothing to back this up other than right. things that burgess has said in the past i I just think that, um, well, for for one thing, we have to get this current MOU done and across the finish line, and before right. we even open it up, uh, we have right. to get that passed. But
0: right.
2: I I think um, I think Coleman's going to have to kick in some cash, and and maybe not a hundred percent private financing, but virtually yeah. eliminating. Uh, right. You know, just well, that's because that's. Yeah, that's that's what Burgess that said, what Bur-
0: and yeah, Burgess said that. Yeah, you know, and you know, he kind of looked at Tequila and he said, like, you know, you would, they would have to either kick in a lot more, or just there would be no public, or all of it, basically, right? He said he, he had right. a range that he he gave for that. So I mean, that's frustrating. Right.
2: And you know, <laughs> a lot of that could be public posturing, and negotiating tactic, and I'm I'm sure it is. That. I
0: oh, but
2: but it's not going to be easy, and I. I honestly think uh, for Soto, uh, for NHL first to happen, it's going to have to be, um, if not 100% private privately financed, uh, probably 99% privately financed. And oh, so I, I don't know. I don't know if Coleman is willing to do that or what. Um, that, that might, you know, that the that might be thing the last thing we heard home, about right? him. Yeah, the last thing we heard about him, he was waiting to see if this MOU could pass before he made any commitments. And so we, the only way to find out <laughs> is to get this this thing across the finish line, and yeah. uh, it, we may get it across the finish line only to find out that we still can't have an NHL First Amendment, and we'll just have to deal with that. Um, uh, my, but we still have Tequila in the works, and uh, we we just don't know what's going on there, and we don't know what's going on with Coleman, or any, we, we we really just don't know. But right. it's like playing poker. You're not going to find out what's in the other person's hand until you call the bluff. And so right. uh, we're not going to find out what the NBA is willing to do unless we get this MOU done. Same with the NHL. Right. Uh, and, you know, that's just going to be the way it's going to, going to play. And w- there's no guarantee of anything. There's not. Uh, but there is one guarantee and that is if we don't get one of these, one of these arenas done, we're not getting anything. That is assured. So we got to get this. Right.
0: Yeah. I mean, so. let's, let's just get it done. But you know, it's one, one step at a time, right? You know, the yeah, next thing that's is all we communication, can do. Let's get that done and off we go. Right. Yeah. That's all we can do. So
2: That's all we can do. All right, Otto. Oh, um, I I think that's going to do it for tonight. I want to thank um you for being my co-host as always and it was great to finally meet you in person Saturday night and talk to you for, talk to you, to you for a few minutes. Uh I want to thank Jubilee Lee for coming on the show and talking some silver tips and I want to thank all of you once uh as always for listening to us and we will see you on the other side.
0: The first state Bulldogs beat the University of
1: Michigan. Anything you folks want to know about the fascinating world of pro hockey, here we go.
0: Drop that puck. Thanks for sitting in the Sin Bin with your hosts, Paul Rogers and Otto Rogers.